1: Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. All right, y'all, we are rolling into love season. Valentine's Day is coming up. I know that most of you all are very excited. Everybody loves falling in love or whatever. But listen, sometimes if you tell somebody you love them and they're like, nah, I'm good on that, remember the old saying, there are plenty of fish in the sea. free money is out there just go get it by starting your podcast today all right our players this week are amanda Collect, the victim and
0: tia wimberly our murderess tia was born september 30th 1993 to shar auckland and javon wimberly the two were young college students who weren't exactly ready to be parents at six weeks old tia was given up to her paternal grandparents Her mom joined the military, but the time she was around, she was abusive both verbally and physically. Tia was subjected to many forms of punishment and abuse, including physical discipline, based on various types of military punishment. Let me tell you, I was too, okay?
1: You were you? I just never understood why people would do, I I guess because I don't have a military family, but did they think that was better than whooping you? Sometimes I would really be like, just give me my whooping, let me go.
0: Yeah. My, my dad didn't like to whoop us. Um, and so he would just have us do a military. I remember like having to jump and touch the walls and having to do wall sits like in the corner. I remember one day I guess we were all acting up, being all four of my sisters and he took us to the field and he had us on our backs like and we had to we had to lay on our back and move our hands and feet back and forth and yell out I am a dying cockroach. I am a dying cockroach. <laughs> but
1: like oh, and I get that as punishment because you don't want to hit the kids, but when does it turn to abuse? Like when do you when do you cross that line? Because having to discipline versus it turning actually abusive, like there's a, there's a thin line, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Char was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Tia was first sexually abused by an unnamed family member at the age of six. She was extremely, she was extremely afraid of the dark to the point where she could not sleep and suffered from two frequent nightmares. Like she had two of the same nightmares over and over. She continued to wet the bed until she was 12. Also, at the age of twelve, she was raped by her uncle. Her grandparents took her to a psychologist to seek help, but they stopped taking her for but they stopped taking her for counseling at the sexual assault treatment center late in the year of two thousand and seven. At some point, her dad became her primary caregiver, and she adored her dad. She was completely a daddy's girl. And Javon was a musician and an aspiring comedian. She took after her father, and she learned how to play four instruments. But Javon was arrested in 2006 for shooting a man in the shoulder and ended up getting charged with second-degree murder and having to serve 25 years. He didn't want Tia to see him behind bars and refused to let her visit. This left Tia very depressed and triggered a behavioral change in her. To make matters worse, she was exploring her sexuality, and when she came out as a lesbian, she was shunned by her entire family.
1: I just want to back up because seventh grade, what is that, 14, 13, 14? Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, half of uh, me is I like- I think they're a little old. F- I think
0: maybe 13, 14.
1: Yeah. So like half of me is like applauding her family for getting her into this counseling. But why would you take her out so quickly? Because it's very uncommon for families that are described like this with the background that's to even put her in counseling or to seek counseling for her. But then they'd snatch her out almost immediately Were family secrets starting to be unearthed.
0: Or was she know, just wasting people's time and money? But you, you, when you're a child,
1: it takes a while for you to trust somebody else, especially when you've come from a background of constantly not being able to trust an adult. And I, and True. I, I guess I could understand because... This is not a fair comparison, but one of my friends has a has a daughter that's in cheerleading. She she was she's like I really want her to get in cheerleading. I really want her to love it. But when do you learn that you're? And it's after a year, she was like, "This is not her thing. She's not doing it. She's not getting better. She doesn't want to do it." So when do you know? When do you give up on a child in therapy? And when do you keep them going? Like when do you start seeing the progress? And depending on the child, depending on the situation, depending on their level of trust, why would they? Why would they? talk to you after a year it may be longer
0: than that are they taking are they were they taking her consistently maybe the answer was not to have her stop doing therapy but to have her say got a new therapist that
1: is always the case i feel like a lot of people like i'm in a couple groups that are very pro mental health and sometimes people get shied away especially niggas because we like well we tried and that shit didn't work and it's like "Hmm, sometimes that's not the therapist
0: it's like, and everybody's like, find a new therapist. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like work.
1: Right. You don't want to start all over. Because, I mean, you and I have definitely been in situations where you liked a therapist. I remember that you liked a therapist and then you kind of, something shifted. And I was like, bro, finding a therapist is hard. Like, she's not giving me anything that I need. I need to be
0: challenged. It, it- like, I want homework assignments. I want I want to just talk to you. You're like, all right, see you next week. Like, what am I getting out of this? Right. I got a friend I and can I mean, talk it, to. Right,
1: yeah. And and they'll tell me that everything's gonna get better.
0: <laughs> no. But I, I they, like it's, to have a
1: plan of action.
0: <laughs> what are we doing
1: here? <laughs> and therapy is so it it you it's like you don't get nothing out of it if you don't put work into it. That's how I felt, so but I felt like she
0: wasn't giving me no work to do.
1: Right, 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 and that's when you know you need to go to a different therapist. So how? And I don't know if this family was—I don't know. It's just so hard to say when it's a family, especially niggas ain't used to therapy. Like, okay, I tried it; it didn't work. But like, do you do you see or do you care that the child is struggling? And if the child is continuing to struggle, what's the next step? Or you know, she's with grandma. Can how much can grandma do? Yeah. Or how much does grandma feel like she can do? I don't know. Questions that everybody else can ponder on. Now Miss Amanda Colette took up ballet at the age of 3. She attended the same elementary school as Tia, and according to Tia, they were friends since the second grade. They both ended up at Dillard High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Where Tia played the trumpet in the marching band and Amanda danced in the school hip hop dance squad. They were both also in the magnet program. Amanda was pretty popular and she was a straight A student. She had letters of interest from FSU and UF already. And it was her sophomore year. So she was already planning her 16 and she was hoping that she would get a car for her birthday. Um, And then Tia started developing romantic feelings for Amanda. She repeatedly made advances toward Amanda, even though they weren't sexual, but she was, you know, what up shoddy. And Amanda was like, Not going for that. She was like, listen, we're friends, nothing more, don't cross that line. This went on for months, and Amanda was consistently rejecting Tia, until finally Amanda just stopped talking to her. To make matters worse, this is high school, so of course, niggas was making fun of her because you just got turned down.
0: High school is ruthless, boy. Right. (laughs) I was like, you know what? On top of that, on top of her feeling these feelings are already, everybody else in your business.
1: And niggas will be roasting you for no reason. Like it's high school. And I look back and the glow up for everybody in high school just about <laughs> is
0: real. Let me, I can name some names of the ups who hit niggas hard and I thought they could never and they did. And I'm like, congratulations, cuz woo. I know
1: some 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 niggas from hi, from Tucker High School, two thousand class of two thousand twelve. I didn't think y'all was gonna make it, but they done came right on up. Congratulations Shout out to y'all. So Amanda really kind of ghosted Tia, but Tia kept sending a whole bunch of text messages to Amanda, still expressing her feelings and just hoping that she give her a chance. You know, like please, baby, 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 please, baby, 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 please, baby, 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 please. And all of her messages were ignored, and Tia. This, being ignored, being rejected, like, this is really weighing on Tia. She was really starting to lose it. Um,
0: She was having really mean outbursts. She was having mood swings. Well, they said that outbursts and mood swings were not out of character for her. So, like, this is already something that she does, and then she's got all these emotions on top of it. Yeah, like, she already, she's already
1: doesn't know how to control her emotions. You know, she's already doesn't have a good grip on that because who does as a teenager? Plus all the trauma that she's been through. So she doesn't know how to grapple with that. And now this big rejection, like this is a big rejection to her. So these outbursts, these mood swings, people really were just thinking, oh, that's her and not seeing the bottom line. So on November 11, 2008, she begins texting another friend talking about how she wants to kill herself. She ends up slicing her arm with a razor and she cuts herself over 90 times. This hurt was turning into rage and then the tones of her messages, you know, her text messages just started to take a turn. She started texting her friends, saying that she was about to go to jail because she was going to blow somebody away. And she said, quote, I can't take this pain and it's about time someone else feels it with me. You will see what I mean tomorrow.
0: Hoo, that's that's big words. So, yeah. That's
1: big words. (laughs)
0: And, you know, as a Scorpio, I understand trying to make somebody feel the way you feel or worse. You know, what what uh, Moneybag yo saying that a song, he got a song called Scorpio. He said, I know if I violate first, she's going to violate worse. And it's facts. It's just how we're built. Um, There is a line, however. The next morning, November 12th, Tia found a gun under the couch at home and took it to school.
1: Why is there a gun at the, wait, why is there a gun at, <laughs> under the couch? I guess they thought they was hiding Why it. is that? If you are listening to this podcast and you are the owner of a firearm, I implore you to make sure that if it is not on your person, that it is in a lockbox, especially if there are children around. Like, I don't even understand people our age that just be having a gun out when you at their house. That's what I was going
0: to say. Niggas leave that shit on the coffee table. And I don't understand that because it takes one second They be like, oh, I'm going to grab it if it's up. The same way I'm going to grab it. You know, they really say that you should store your bullets in a second, a separate place. Right, you should, because I know some people that,
1: I know some people that their gun is put up, and I think there's bullets with them, don't quote me, but everywhere in their sp- in their house, like, in the fucking pantry, there's a-, a case of bullets, just in case, in the closet, there's a case of bullets. Like, th- th- that's one thing, but the actual firearm is in a different place. You got, you got to, it, but also there's no children in, that, in the house that I'm talking about, so. Mm-mm. Should be on the coffee table. <laughs> I don't get that, nigga. Y'all niggas need to be careful.
0: Yeah, so she gets to school and she shows a classmate the gun and her self inflicted cuts on her arm. And she told him, Amanda's gonna get it today. I'm tired of it. I'm trying to talk to her and she won't listen to me and I'm sick of it. So, during a break in classes around 11 a.m., Tia approaches Amanda by the vending machines. According to students, Amanda had told her friends on Monday that she received a message to meet Tia there. Amanda already had like a pit in her stomach about this. She felt like something bad was going to happen. Her friend her friend commented and was like she just kept holding my arm and she was rushing me like hurry up, let's hurry up and get this over it and get over there. Like she already felt uncomfortable about the situation. The girls are by the in- vending machine arguing. Amanda's got her little friend with her or whatever. And they get to going back and forth and Amanda just decides she's had enough and so she turned and walked away. And as she turns her back, the other student says she hears Tia say, so you thought I was playing with you, huh? Tia pulls out a 22 caliber chrome pistol and shoots Amanda in the back. The noise of a single gunshot was heard. Chaos breaks out. Students started screaming and ran when Amanda fell to the floor. And that's when Tia fled the scene. Amanda was withering on the floor and the school resource officer tries to administer care, but he couldn't immediately confirm that she had been shot, right? So he's looking. He's like, can't find any major wounds in her body. And... There's no blood. So he calls the ambulance and he says that Amanda's having a seizure. Later when the cops come, they confirm that she had in fact been shot. But like the caliber of the gun was so small that it's possible that when the bullet entered her body, the wound kind of closed back up around it, making it hard to find out one that she was shot because it closed up and no blood was getting out and two like to help her because... They're not treating it as if it's a gunshot wound, you know? Right,
1: That's the human body is a mystery to me, you know? Isn't it? It In it its a mystery because this is not, there was something else that we, I don't remember, I'm not about to look it up, but there was something else that we were talking about, another case that we were talking about where they didn't know if it was an actual gunshot because those small caliber guns can really do some damage but really, and you don't, and it'll lodge itself into you.
0: Yeah, and I was just like, the fact that there was no blood and you're not seeing any wounds, like you're looking, I was like, it looks fine. Yeah, like her- Everything looks okay. Her back literally like Wolverine it, and it's, the human body can do that. It's crazy,
1: but those wounds, even, even if there's no blood, it's still
0: fatal. Yeah, so the bullet had actually entered Amanda's back, passed through her lung, and lodged into her heart. After Amanda falls to the floor, you remember Tia fled, right? So she runs down to a local restaurant, some seafood restaurant, right? And as soon as she gets there, she calls the cops and she's like, I just shot my friend. And the cops come there, they disarm her and they arrest her. And at the same time, Amanda's getting rushed to the hospital and her family is like pouring in. news is delivered that she passed and she didn't make it. The school was shut down just for a little bit, but they quickly resumed going back to classes. Don't know how to fuck you continue going to classes after a school shooting and some real New Age shit. I'm, I'm officially done after that. Nothing's getting done today. A nigga was shot in here? Are you kidding me? Um, students, of course, were being interviewed by the news later. One student was describing Amanda, and it was like she was just quiet and nice, and she kept to herself. Another student said that they could see, like, the shooting go down and the way she described it she was like at first everybody thought it was just like a really loud opening of a soda can like we didn't nobody realized she had been shot till we see her on the floor wiggling around that's when we're like oh shit you know that's I think that's also what contributed to the chaos going on it was like Tia's family did not want to speak they didn't leave any comments but the lawyer was just like You know, this family is grieving, and they're putting well wishes to the other family. And, like, you know, we don't know how... You you know, two girls are in a real bad place right now, and they just want you to respect their privacy. One of Tia's neighbors was like, this nigga said something like, I just don't know how Tia would have did this. Something must have set her off, because she's really not this type of person. Like, it must have been something that triggered her to do this. He's going to say... I mean, she dressed like a tomboy, but she was really a sweet girl. Like, <laughs> so what does one have to do with the other? And then things started to get a little crazy because a couple of days after the shooting, people were like, a teacher knew that Tia had a gun. And it became this whole big deal, of course. And so they were trying to figure out, there was there was four different s- scenarios of what could have possibly happened. One The teacher was actually told about the gun before the shooting and didn't do anything, right? And that's what they they were originally claiming. Two, the teacher was told about the gun after the shooting and there was nothing that he could do. Three, the teacher was told about the gun, but the person who told him did not speak the same language as him. So there was like a language barrier and he couldn't do anything about it. Or four, the student was full of shit and never told the teacher anything, right? There was like this whole investigation. The teacher was suspended for a few days. Um, But on the 25th of November, they let him come back to school. So I guess they decided that he didn't necessarily have a part in it.
1: Yeah, because you have a... Teachers are mandatory...
0: Mandatory reports.
1: Mandatory... Right, I was about to say mandatory snitches, but mandatory reporters. Like, they have to tell if something is going on. I mean, they do. They have to, because it's not just one kid. It's the safety of the entire school. It's the safety of everybody at that point. When they arrested Tia, they took her to the adult jail. And if many of you remember, when a minor is taken into an adult facility, they have to be placed separately from the entire facility because they are a minor. And it hasn't been decided if they're going to be charged as an adult yet. This is where the prosecutors wanted her to stay. On December 15th, Tia's lawyer told the court that they may be pursuing a mental health defense in her trial and had her checked out by the forensic psychologist in hopes of having her transferred from a jail to a psychiatric hospital. Since she was arrested, she etched in her arm, I'm sorry, like carved it in her arm. Uh, I don't know what she
0: got to carve in the jail, but.
1: Right, that's. That's jail for you. They think that they're protecting you. Um, The forensic psychologist said that Tia's emotional state would inevitably deteriorate if she remains confined and isolated at the North Broward Jail in Pompano Beach. So I don't think isolation is for anybody. Any type of isolation is going to deteriorate your mental health. So the psychologist also made a note that Tia was constantly cutting herself, saying that it was a way for her to numb her emotional pain by kind of using physical pain to numb the emotional pain. Uh, She added that her weak mental state was framed by her childhood of repeated abandonment, sexual abuse, and physical abuse. They also saw that Tia was writing poems about how she wanted to die, so the psychologist also took that into account, like, okay, she's suicidal, she's dealt with abuse she's writing about how this abuse is manifesting itself into her she's cutting
0: herself
1: she's doing all of these things and one of the lines from her poetry book said quote i see razor blades i hear my pain screaming for help if i kill myself it will cancel all the pain i have done end quote which is a strong statement um she wrote about several ways to die and like she was kind of almost planning it in this poetry journal. She was saying, okay, I could overdose. I could slit my throat, suffocation, drink bleach, playing in traffic. All of these are ways for her to kill herself. And so she was deliberately thinking these things. The psychologist said, quote, without thorough psychiatric evaluation and subsequent treatment, sooner or later, she will find a way to die, end quote. So this is a clear cry for help. And the psychiatrist is like, we have to do something about this young lady because either we do something to help her mental state. If she doesn't do anything, she is going to be her second victim. The judge, however, said, as you all know, we're in Florida. And the judge, however, said that he was uncomfortable moving Tia to a less secure setting and refused to transfer her to Fort Lauderdale Hospital, but agreed to order evaluations by psychiatrists trained to treat adolescents. On December 18th, Tia pled not guilty to second-degree murder. They were asking the state, like, why don't you pursue first-degree murder? Because there is evidence of her kind of pre-calculating, pre-planning this.
0: And I the mean, the text ra- messages started from the night before, talking about she gonna feel this. She right. packed the gun and brought it to school. She asked her to meet her at a certain
1: location. And right. the state really didn't comment as to why they didn't pursue first degree murder charges, they hinted at the reason was because of Amanda's family. So maybe, I don't know, maybe her family had some really, real sympathy in their heart and maybe hope for the best. I mean, as a family going through that, what do you do? You know, you're already so down low. I guess the only thing that you can do is hope that somehow this little girl gets help out of all of this or see the pain or whatever and that's
0: big of amanda's family yeah i would really i wish i could get that exact statement because i want to know what exactly he hinted that the family said
1: i was debating back and forth in my mind if i was mad at the judge for not taking her to letting her into the psychiatric hospital and keeping her at the jail and I usually don't agree with judges, and I really feel like this was just one of those things that was just a tough call. Like, you really don't know how, to, how she would react in those situations. Like, is there a chance of her escaping? But also, just as much as there's a chance of her escaping, there's a chance of her actually seeking real help in that 24-hour
0: care that she needs. I think a good compromise was having a psychiatrist who was trained in working with adolescents come to her. Right. I get that. But like they're coming
1: to her maybe I don't know, a couple hours out of the day. Not
0: as often. Yeah. Right. As when to being she in a facility needs twenty four seven.
1: Exactly. Because sometimes during the day when that psychiatrist comes, you're fine during the day, but it's at night. It's when them nightmares start creeping when up. When she can't sleep. It's when she can't sleep. Though that's the time where she needs that twenty-four hour care, and it's it's a tough call. So uh, with Amanda's family and Tia's family and all the lawyers intact, Tia
0: gets ready to go to trial. Take that shit to trial, Take trial, Take that trial, Take trial. So the prosecution is going for second degree murder, and the defense is trying to plead. In- Streaming October sixth on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was the pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land. But come back, there's something else. Something's wrong. Continue. He needs time to adjust. That's not Danny. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount Plus. Insanity. According to Tia, she and Amanda were in a relationship, right? So she's like, we had these five days of romance and I love you. And then all of a sudden, Amanda just breaks up with me for no reason. And on her 15th birthday at that, like the day Amanda stopped talking to her, was September 30th, 2008. And it was like the more Tia tried to communicate with Amanda, the more she was ignored. And then the more depressed she came and agitated she came. Because like, why the fuck aren't you talking to me? We've known each other since the second fucking grade. And now you're just not talking to me? Just out of nowhere? After you finally agreed to be my girl? You know, emotions, right? So in the evidence, they showed that Amanda in her backpack, she had notes. They were unsigned notes. So they couldn't prove that they belonged to Tia. But the letters read, are you ashamed of us? If that's the case, I'm not sure I'd be able to take it. I swear I'd be heartbroken. I'd end up like I do all the time. Hurt, broken, and just lost. And so, like, she's sitting here telling her, baby, you are hurting me. Like, I can't take it. And getting nothing, like, static, right? So. I mean, let's say that, let's let's play, Tia, let's play. You had the
1: five days of romance, but also it's. So it's 2008, that's, you know, high school, middle school, high school, people are still coming into themselves, parents, even though, like, the students may have been a little bit more open about sexuality, I'm not sure about Florida, all I can speak on is, you know, my experience, but parents for sure were not about that shit, you know, oh, a no, lot that of parents sept, weren't.
0: That's, yeah, that's September 2008, so that that's ninth grade year. And they're sophomores at this point, so it seems like they haven't been speaking for a while, according to Tia's story, right?
1: Right. I mean, they have been best. They have been friends since second grade, and I guess maybe they started this romance. And I feel like Tia just needed a solid no, you know. And even then, she probably wouldn't have taken it, but she.
0: And I think it's very hard to draw those lines, especially at that young age, because these are kids trying to Extremely. figure out what relationships are, right? And so we, it's like- it was ghosting before you even knew what ghosting
1: was. Yes. Yeah,
0: just like, let me go the other way. You're making it awkward. Stop. <laughs> like, yeah. And sometimes that's a lot, especially dealing with the pressures of like, speaking of same sex and everything. <laughs> and then it was so funny because- all the articles. You can tell what time it is because all the articles are like she thought she was gay or she was going through a confusing time exploring her sexuality or you know, and shit like womp, that. Womp. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, just it's a lot of emotions. It's a very yeah. young age. It's and I
1: understand a man. I do understand a man Right. I understand Amanda wanting to be like, I'm just going to remove myself from this situation and it will go away. And she probably talked to her friends and her friends are probably like, girl, just ignore it. Just ignore it.
0: She'll stop because that's what you that's what you think the solution to the problem is. And but you know what? Probably as she talks to her friends, rumors are getting spread and people are probably going to tell you like you thirsty ass bitch. Not you stalking bitches. And it comes into all of that. Right. Like is it? Because when the articles were first coming out, they were like speculating, like, why did, did she shoot? Was it because she was ridiculed? Like the students were trying to guess among themselves. Oh, we think it's because we were making fun of her. No, she wanted to get back at this girl for the, you know what I mean? That's, uh, it's,
1: it's so, it sucks being a teenager. It does. <laughs> it
0: sucks. It sucks so bad. So then at the trial, they also revisited the text from the night before the shooting and showed how Tia's thoughts, she went from. She went from texting, I'm going to shoot myself in front of you. Like, "like you want to see the pain that you caused me? You want to see it? Like, you know, really fuck with her. But then it kind of swing. And she was like, you know what? No, I want to shoot you so you feel the pain that I feel. And she's like expressing, I didn't want to kill her. I just wanted to hurt her. You know what I mean? So some of the texts were like, tomorrow I'm going to shoot myself in a heart. And she's like, then it goes like, I might just get arrested tomorrow. you going to come visit me in jail. I'm going to shoot somebody. I'm going to bust a cap in somebody. I don't know if these are all texts to Amanda or if it's throughout all her friends. Ain't no way in hell my mama going to drive me
1: to prison to come see nobody. Girl, what? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to write you a letter. Experts testified in court that Tia was in serious need of mental health counseling. The psychologist told the judge that Tia had recurring nightmares, can't sleep in the dark, and now takes lithium every day to treat bipolar disorder. So that bipolar disorder that her mom has is manifesting itself in Tia as well. The Mm -hmm. defense argued that due to the abandonment she faced in her earlier life, she couldn't bear losing another friend. They also said that Tia was quote, under a delusion that her and Colette were a couple, which led to the romantic outburst or a moment of insanity. So crime of passion, basically.
0: What I thought was crazy was Tia's testifying that these girls have been best friends since the second grade. And they have been each other's girlfriends, both families of the girls, like Tia's family and Amanda's family. They was like, I don't really know this girl or know that my daughter knows her. I might hear her name once a year. Like, just in passing of a story, but this is not, like, some prevalent person in her life. You know what like I mean? Like, she ain't
1: come over for slumber parties, right. nothing like that.
0: Right, right.
1: Five students stood before the jury and testified about either receiving text messages from Tia or seeing the shooting themselves. Now, Amanda's dad said the trial was all about Tia and no one was learning anything about Amanda, which is really... Ugh, that's the sucky thing about the victim... The trial is always about the, what the person did, but it's never really a, a celebrate. It's not a celebration of life. It's, a, it's all about that person.
0: I guess because, you know, a lot, a lot of trials, they'll, like, talk about how good the other person was to make the crime feel worse. Like, oh, they took this aspiring such and such away from us and da-da-da-da, this is what the world is missing. But, yeah, I, too, looked at that comment and was like, is it is it about your daughter or is I'm like I get that your daughter's involved, but we're here to decide the fate of Tia. So we need to know who Tia is and who Tia looks like she's about to become.
1: Right, right. Because any loss of a life is especially a young life is devastating. But mm-hmm. the trial is about what is going to become of this life that is left, you know? Ish You know, and it's, it's hard because you're, you're comparing, it's almost like you're comparing life for life, you know, and it's sticky. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a minor child, you know, Amanda's dad said, quote, Amanda's whole thing is that she was a friend to people who were friendless. She was always trying to build up their self-esteem. And I thought this was what got Amanda into the situation. She was in with Tia. She was befriending someone who had no one. So he was basically saying like, my daughter was that person that was the friend to the friendless. She was the person that everybody felt like they could talk to and it ha- we see that it happens all the time that kind heart got her messed up. I don't think or that's just- the way to look at it though. Yeah, you're right. That kind that kind heart was taken advantage of.
0: I don't even think it was taken advantage of. It wasn't even taken advantage of. It just came across a person who didn't know how to process their emotions correctly. You know what I'm saying? It was just an unfortunate situation.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that kindness, like somebody's being kind to you and you just, and you're like, oh, wow, this is love. This is this this is the love that I've been seeking. And it's like, no, I'm just being a good person. Like I'm being the person that
0: everybody else should have been to you. I think that kindness is reflected and how remorseful Tia feels. Like, Tia's like, I was angry in the moment, but I never meant for this to be a permanent situation. And, like, especially when she gets to apologizing later, like, we'll circle yeah. back. But it's very much, you can tell, like, at least it sounds like she felt like she treated her very special. You know what I mean? And she felt right. seen by this person, is which is how you should make people feel. Ma- treat people all you want to be treated.
1: Right. It's just very unfortunate that she just did not know how to receive that love. Yeah. And take it for what it is because it was so new to her. Yeah. Basic human decency was so new to her. Um, So on December 10th, 2009, after only three hours of deliberation, the panel of jurors convicted 16-year-old Tia of
0: second-degree murder. On March 27, 2010, Tia, with tears in her eyes, read a statement to the court specifically addressing Amanda's family. She said, quote, I am so intensely and immensely sorry for what I've done to your amazing daughter. And I am so sorry that Amanda had the misfortune of meeting me and de- befriending someone like me. I will never forgive myself for what I've done and I don't expect you to forgive me. You have no idea how truly sorry I am. I make myself physically sick it with disgust, I will also never forgive myself for what I've done. And I don't expect you to forgive me, which is just like... You, you hear it in her apology. She's scratching it into her arm. She goes and says, you're amazing daughter. And I took her. Like, why did she have to meet me? She's feeling them same feelings that they feeling. Like, why does she have to come across you? And She, she feels the same way. And for had to have that much disgust with herself at the age of 16, she's probably already struggling with loving and caring about herself anyways. And she has officially put, she's done the most unthinkable thing. Like this person who brought this little light into my life, I just ended them. It's over. Like, She's probably in disbelief with herself, you know? She, yeah, she's got to be in disbelief with herself because, I mean, once again,
1: it's almost like um, of Mice and Men, you know? He right. loved it so much that he squeezed right. it until it was no more. And what do you do then? You can't do anything. And then you're, wonder, you're just there to pick up the pieces and wonder what happened.
0: And I don't think there was ever a moment where she wasn't remorseful. First thing she did was run away and call the cops like, yo, I just saw my friend. And she was a friend in that moment. Then she gets gets to jail and she's carving, you know, back to carving. There's not a moment where she wasn't remorseful.
1: Next, Tia apologized to her own family. She said, quote, Mama, Papa, Grandma, I wanted to apologize for causing you so much grief, so much anger, and being such an embarrassment, disappointment, and disgrace. I am sorry." End quote. So Amanda's dad said it was so soothing to finally hear Tia express her remorse and he was satisfied with the sentence and that he thought that this closing statement, her apology, was giving her a little bit of closure. I mean, because what can you say other than sorry, like there's nothing you can say. Um, defense asked that she be sent to a high-risk juvenile facility for six years and the judge allowed it. Tia could have been sentenced to life in prison, but instead, the 16-year-old stayed in a high-risk juvenile detention facility geared towards punitive accountability and therapeutic accountability for girls scarred by abuse and trauma. At the age of 21, she was transferred to an adult facility to finish her sentence. After 20 years, she could get paroled and upon release would be on a 20-year probation, which is crazy because... Earlier in the story, we were talking about how she wanted to be like her dad so much. Like, she learned instruments. She was very musically inclined. She seemed to be a very talented young lady. And she loved her dad very much. And without even knowing it, or without the awareness, she ended up walking in his same footsteps.
0: I just feel like it was very crazy that she seems to suffer the uh, the most difficult part of her parents' you know from her yeah. mom's bipolar to her dad serving a 25 year sentence for second degree murder like yeah it's just
1: <sighs> i was i was talking to somebody that has a a lot of children um they're grown <laughs> uh, they're grown the children are grown but the mother was like this child has the best of parts of me this child has the best parts of her their dad this child ended up having the worst parts of me this and it's like it's genetics. Like, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? You don't, I know. You don't know which part of your parents you're going to get. And for me, like, do I want to tell mom my business? Um, <laughs> for me, like, every single day, and I don't know if you have this too, and I know a lot of people do, even if you don't talk to your parents that much, every single day, it's like, damn,
0: I'm my mama. Like, you just, you, it's Krista there. says- Krista says that I am my mom 2.0 and that my mom is my grandmother. Or she says I'm the 3.0. Like it's Weezer than my mom. And she's like, we just keep leveling up. Like, <laughs> but we're just the same person. And I just, and, I, and I'll do that sometimes too. I'll complain to her about the things that she gave me and didn't. Like, and you're technically
1: did- from your mom, you're technically the middle child, you know?
0: Yeah. Like you're the same
1: didn't have that
0: we are the same like when my daddy and I were going through like the 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 pits of our issues I was like you don't like me because I'm my mama (laughs) like (laughs) you mad that I look just like you and I just like her like like I am my mother okay we are the same cheap as hell they cheap right cheap but like even i I would get in trouble the least growing up because I thought like her, so I could anticipate like what's gonna set her off or not, you know, and I can I can adjust to moving like her easier than I guess it was for my other sisters, too. She did not unfortunately inherit her blood to me. she doesn't get bit by mosquitoes, and they eat my ass up. So I do complain about that often
1: um after this after sentencing. Tia's grandfather said, I hope that she can get the help that we all know she needs. Whatever happens, when she comes back, we will be there for her. Which is like, you know, weren't there for her before. Y'all didn't ensure that she stayed in the help that she needed. Well, I don't think he wasn't not Y'all made there for her. Y'all made a gun was in the couch at the home.
0: I don't think he was not there for her. I think, listen, what what part of Florida are they in? Because you got a lot of Because I was going to say, like, when you get to them real country areas, it ain't nothing to have a gun. Like, these kids are hunting at the age of 12 and shit. And whether it's like hunting alligators or hunting deer and shit, like, when you get to them southern people, them 15 and 16 year olds know how to handle their gun because they out there family, taking family hunting trips and like they was raised to do this shit. But so, this was a. But this wasn't a shotgun. No, it wasn't a shotgun, but like, it just be different type of Southern things. and They just don't feel the same way about it. They're also older. These are her grandparents, right? But like, I don't, I don't know that it's fair to say like they didn't care about her. Most of the abuse that they mentioned, I think is in reference to her parents. And like, she had to go to her grandparents to get away from that. And she's with her
1: grandparents, an unnamed family member was raping her?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay. I mm. it's unnamed, but it happened in their house. I think it's more. Mm. It happened in their home. It happened under. We their don't know a, that it um,
0: happened in our home. We just know that it, it happened when she was six,
1: and she was li- She was living with her grandparents at the time. It could have been an uncle. It could have been. It could have been a female. It doesn't. But mm-hmm. what ha- But what happened was
0: they did not protect her as they should have. Is that to say? Is that to say that if something happened in our home, the parent didn't protect them? It's never that they just missed it? I think that
1: when a, I, I don't know, I feel like if there is a child, you, it is your responsibility as the caretaker to ensure that they're taken care of properly and that they're happy. If there is a child and at the, up until the age of 12, she is still pissing the bed. There is a reason for that. And you have to attack that reason. And you have to find out what the solution is. And you have to have the care and the be the awareness to figure out why a 12 year old is wetting the bed and afraid of
0: the dark. Ah, I, I don't know. One, I, one, again, they're older, but there's plenty of 12-year-olds who pissed the bed, and there's nothing traumatizing them. They just struggle with that shit. I have a lot of family members who struggle with that shit. <laughs> well past the age of 12. And they weren't traumatized or abused. It was just, they struggle with that shit. And there's some that are still afraid of the dark. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I do believe hers was built off of trauma. But... I don't know there's, there's to say that there's stuff that can't be missed, right? Because if it was an uncle or something, like you trust your son until your son gives you a reason not to, right? And if this is something that they've never seen or behaviors that they didn't ever see exhibited in their son, why would they think to keep that away? Now, did it continue by the same person after they found out? I think there's just not enough on this circumstance to say that they were neglectful. Did they fail and protect her? Sure. But I don't think it's to say that they didn't feel guilty about it. They put her in counseling. But it's not even to say that they didn't do their job. Maybe they did the best they can. It's something just missed. You can't right. be there 24 And maybe this...
1: And I don't know. Maybe the details of this came out in court. But remember, everybody, this is a, a minor. So we have to go off of news articles, not court documents, because she was a minor. Um, I don't know. I just... And I feel like somebody in that family should have been charged for her being having access to a gun. I always feel like that. And I feel like that never happens. Every time a child has access to a gun, nine times out of 10, the adult is not charged when they are the person that is responsible. They That's are. And I, I, I feel like that happens a lot with minors getting a hold of a lethal weapon killing somebody and the minor of course takes the fall because they have to because they did it. actions and consequences but a a gun being in a couch. i'm sorry i'm just still on that like a gun being in a couch
0: an adult needs to be held responsible for that i feel that i can see that one. um she did try and fi- file an appeal um she was of course denied but she was trying to to cling on to that insanity plea and like suppress certain statements that she made and she wanted to get a certain juror off the panel and they said they did something improper with the closing statement but the judge is like you're fine where you're at she'll be young when she gets out she committed it so young she'll still be young when she gets out young enough but yeah, it didn't, didn't quite work out for her, but she tried. They try.
1: In April of 2010, Amanda's family filed suit against the Broward County Schools because they felt that her death could have been prevented. The lawsuit was about the claims that the teacher was told about the gun. Allegedly, the student said that Tia had pulled out the gun in science class and said that she had planned to use it to make Amanda feel pain. After the class, the student told the teacher and the student was sent back to their seat. Now the teacher claimed that he was never told about the gun and the family lawsuit also criticizes the handheld metal detectors the family claims were present but not in use because if it was used it would have stopped a gun from entering into the school. So this is a school where they got the metal detectors.
0: Yeah, she and then they was like what the fuck is the point why do we pay for y'all to get metal detectors and y'all not using the metal detector?
1: And it's a handheld metal detector. So, I mean, them things go off on like your your belt buckle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, why are you investing in that if we're supposed to be really... If you want to invest in some metal detectors, which I don't know how I feel you about know, metal detectors You know, people in school, probably also like it's, I don't I don't know personally how I feel about metal detectors in school. At, at one point, I would say it was against it, but I now know, the right? world is crazy. So, you just like, ah. Right. But, like, when like, I was in I high school, school- I could never like, imagine. Even, you. like, everybody knows that we went to school with the twins. Of course, they didn't do commit their crime at school. But, like, I could not imagine our high school having metal detectors. Right. Um. They claimed in this lawsuit um, that security measures, of course, were not in place. But, apparently, Tia had a history of bullying and sexually harassing other students at Dillard. And they were like, yeah, it- y'all were lacking security. Tia was a bit wild. And if all this was already in play, plus my daughter denied her and she's already, oh, you know, wild and got this un- unrequited love. This was a recipe for success. And I sent my, you know, I sent my student here to be, I sent my child to be safe and y'all are responsible for watching after her when I send my child into
0: these four walls and y'all didn't do that. And I guess she's like touching on like, okay, you see that this girl is acting out. What did you do to make sure that this girl was not going to hurt anybody? You know what I'm saying? If
1: and that's she's such got of recording, in- like with education, like
0: and going to school, you just have to react to these kids the right way, and you can't treat right, everybody the same. It's not
1: right. It's not just about what you get in the books. Like the reason that we're going to school is because we're social creatures and you learn how to socialize. You learn how to properly collaborate. You learn what heartbreak feels like. That is the reason that we're in school. That is the reason why we're socialized. It's like, and that is, teachers are there for that social emotional learning. I also believe that you need to pay teachers more because you're asking a lot of these students because students are coming in with all types of baggage and dumping them on teachers and teachers need to figure out how to work with students. But I digress, pay teachers more. Um, but that is one of the reasons why school is so important and they need they need that social interaction. They need to learn how to, they need, they need to learn conflict resolution. And the only way you do that is by being in conflict and Having an adult train you in, how to work. Yes, exactly. The school board unanimously agreed to pay $525,000 to Amanda's parents, Joyce Colette and Thomas Crother. They said they didn't do it because they believe that they did anything wrong. They did it because they just wanted to avoid the cost of the legal battle, which, Joyce and Thomas, let me tell you what, $525,000 ain't Enough.
0: (laughs) I would have been right to trial. You know what else is interesting? So this school that they went to, the year before, they were ranked. Like, out of all the schools in that county, they had the third most violent incidents. Right? Oh, you got me fucked up. Oh, but when they commented on the shooting, they said completely unrelated incident does not reflect on our school.
1: Oh, you got me fucked up. Yeah. Um... Joyce and Thomas, y'all should have went to trial. Y'all should have went to trial. Whoever advised y'all to settle for—I mean, a, they just finished a the tiny trial. bit they over half tired. a meal. I get that. I, I get but that. But when I, I
0: said, "Is that it?" I was, I said, "It's that seems not my baby small. girl, not my baby girl life." Hell no. I seen a I seen a post today, and it says, "Just FYI." The U.S. government considers a human life worth $10 million. Think more of yourself. <laughs> there it is. There it is.
1: Like, mm-mm. Hell no. Hell no. That Your child is gone. You got to give me more than half a mil. You got to give me more than half a mil. Somebody got to give me more than half a mil. hmm alright you All right, y'all. It is time for well i'm not
0: black i'm OJ.
1: i didn't do it but if i did this is how i would have got away with it Ooh, this case was honestly really really sad yeah and i it think was, kinda- and i hate these cases that are so preventable <sighs> i ain't do it
0: but if i did maybe a knife Instead of a gun, maybe fist. Maybe maybe fist, but I don't see her punching her. You know, it's it's got to be something dramatic. You know what I mean? But maybe like a real good slit. Like maybe they give them each other matching scars. You know what I'm saying? I could and see bond because real. of
1: Tia's mental state. I could see her doing some something wild it, like exactly. that. Exactly. I had to think like, of something realistic like those for blood the state she was in.
0: Yeah, right. And so like maybe maybe <sighs> a knife instead of a gun, and she could have survived it. But that's if she slit her.
1: We've seen so many times where one one fatal stab wound takes right. you out, right. and it's all and all those fatal stab wounds are all the ones that's like I didn't mean to kill him. Yeah.
0: So it's still I don't know. They would at least saw that she was had a knife sticking out of her, right? Um, I don't know about that one, friend. I didn't no. do it, but if
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I didn't do it, but if I did, ah. Uh, it's so hard to say that you just count your losses and leave, but like sometimes you really just gotta count your
0: losses. That's and what you leave. really wish would happen, right?
1: Yeah, that's what you wish would happen. I don't know, like skip school that day. I prob she probably would have ended up going down another life, but I probably would have like skipped school for a couple days. Really, like I don't know. I just
0: I just feel like those people who are troubled like that, that they-, they should have a person who at the school looks out for him. Could you imagine? Like, I I had a person like that in high school. And, like, could you imagine if they had, like, uh, I don't know her name on the air. You can bleep it. But, like, a missus to go to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to just talk it out with. And they would have let them just say whatever the fuck. You know, get it all out. And be like, okay, you're gonna chill in here with me today. We're gonna calm down, do a little woo-saw, and like distract you from it. And like, like you said, teach them how to deal with these things. But also,
1: I think about that. But like, there's so many, there's so many students and so little teachers. Yeah, it's so outnumbered. It's, it's so many students and so and so little admin. It's almost impossible to give those students like y'all were a, y'all were a very unique relationship that she did not have. She only had that really, really unique relationship with you. Yeah, and your friends. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. My friends got to
1: pass. (laughs) You know? So it's like, you, you really, it's hard and it's a lot of pressure. Like how do, how do you, it's like almost social work. Like how do you, how are you able to do this work and then go home? You know? And you're overworked, you're underpaid. What do you do? But I do agree. Like, I don't, it's hard because they're minors and how do you disclose their mental health? But we talked about this in the Santoya Brown case, but when something traumatic happens and maybe a, a student is in therapy because of trauma, because even though they stopped her from therapy, going to therapy, I feel like that should have been reported to the school so that the school knew to keep an extra eye on her. So the school knew that even though she's not going to this professional therapist, maybe you need to go to the school counselor or... Mm-hmm.
0: Because I will say there were some people who handled stuff differently and be like, okay, you just come in here and chill out. Like, you know, like when they could talk to, the, and you remember everybody loved Miss Kerr, she was cute. So all the niggas went to her, but yeah, she'll sit there and just talk it off. And she was very homegirlish. So it's easy to just let it out, and she'd be like, "What happened?" And then you, you know, just really, you just really get it off. You and know, it's nice but, to blow off that
1: steam. You know,
0: it is, and have somebody who's just really kicking it with you like that, or whatever. But it's just like, like you said, it's so outnumbered. They do like one counselor per grade. There needs to be like ten
1: counselors per grade, right? Because it takes so long for these kids, a lot of kids, it takes so long for them to trust, and then yeah. to open up, and then to. And, and for them to even have the thought of, I'm having a bad day. Let's go. Because, I mean, think of when we went to miss the big fight. <laughs> and yeah. we were like, we're not going and to lunch. Exactly
0: we're going gonna to, to to take her place. office.
1: Right. We're going <laughs> to her office. We're going to sit down. We're going to make sure that we're separated from all of this. Because what we're not going to do is get suspended today. You know right. what I'm saying? But once again, she she is one administrator. And yeah. that day, it was what? Four of us? that came to her office and her office, luckily she had a larger office, but it was already four of us in her office trying Mm -hmm. to calm down. What if somebody else was having another event in the other Mm -hmm. hallway? Then everything just gets piled on. You, there's, the school system gotta do better. Y'all say y'all care about students. Y'all say that we can't, y'all tell women that we can't get abortions. We have to take care of these kids. Then you gotta help us. Like, come on now, in every single way. But if you're gonna make me, then you're gonna fucking stand up. America, y'all the baby daddy. Stand up. Parole or no parole? Oh. oh, this one is so... She definitely needs to do her full 20, 25 years. She definitely needs to have that 20-year probation. She is going to get out. I just... You I think... She I, th- do I think
0: that full 25. You wouldn't let her at it, Tony?
1: Baby girl needs serious serious care and I really I fear for her coming back into society because it's one of those things where she let's say that she's been doing her counseling and everything that she was supposed to do she still has to come back into society and once you come back into society you're slapped with reality. You're slapped with conflict again and not conflict where as soon as something pops off an alarm goes off, everybody has to get shut down and you get to go straight to an office where you have to, you are back in control of your entire life and you're back in control of your actions. And that is a big thing. And I just, I think at this point, like you can only hope and pray that she is able to, is able to come back into society, but I think it's going to be a very difficult transition and one that I really hope that she'll be successful at. But it is we've seen time and time again where it doesn't work out the way that people intend. Yeah.
0: Well, they did have her go to that juvenile thing that was focused on like dealing with these type of things. But once again,
1: you- it's the jail. like it's the it, it's only a limited number of counselors with a whole bunch of kids that have all these type of issues mm-hmm. that need all this individual care it's, it's, I I wonder how she's doing, and I hope that she's holding up and that they but it's hard to get over that. like it's hard to find peace after that. It's really, really difficult, and I don't know. Some of those things you just don't know if you can. Like even if you can, it's hard. Forgiveness is a hard thing. It's Mm -hmm. hard to forgive other people, but it's so fucking hard to forgive yourself. It's no matter, no matter what it is, it's so fucking hard to forgive yourself. To realize like I caused this. I mean, like I'm thinking of, I'm thinking back over a situation that it wasn't even violent. It was just super embarrassing, and it burned some bridges and it happened when I was around their age. And it is, it's so hard to forgive myself or something embarrassing that happened. So think about something that, and that embarrassment was very traumatic for me, but it's hard to find peace and to forgive yourself. And granted, like that situation is not even close to the things that Tia has done, but its it's so hard to forgive yourself. And you forgive. It's so easy to forgive others. And I don't know. I just feel, I hope that she finds peace. And I really hope that she's able to just not be a part of that revolving door in prison. It's going to be difficult and she's going to need a lot of support and we shall see. I mean, but it is, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's about, it's about forgiveness, you know? And I think about how we were talking about, um, Laisha. Uh, way back when and the possibility of giving her parole because she was a minor and all of that but I think the thing that Laisha didn't have that Tia does is that emotion is is that trauma is that background trauma that is that lingers and and just the
0: actions following it like you know Laisha right. Laisha went in on that ass.
1: She did. It was
0: You know what I'm very saying? Violent. And then tried to lie, 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 lie. She was like, Y'all, I did a thing. Immediately. It was like They thinking this girl has a seizure. She on the phone, like, mm mm, she needs help. <laughs> uh I think I would. I I feel like I wish I had more information about what she's doing now. But twenty years is a lot of time to work on yourself. She can't get paroled until 20 years, so it would just be five years off. But like, 20 years, you're a whole different person. And she already went into a remorseful. So I just feel like, unless the depression sucked you up, I feel like you don't have no choice but to come out better.
1: Yeah, Uh, you can only really hope for the best. Oh man, that was a really sad episode. Lots of thinkers in that one. Okay, it's time for some reviews, y'all. If you like us, if you love us, make sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Spotify. If you don't like us, if you hate us, keep your opinions to yourself. Um, this one goes from comes from your fave. She says, I think the Angela Simpson case has been my favorite so far. I binge listened to these on the way to work. Y'all are so funny. I definitely need to see the faces behind the art. Much love from St. Augustine, Florida. I post I posted the um our little TikTok on Instagram and everybody was like, oh my gosh, your faces.
0: <laughs> they get so excited when I come outside. I'm going right back in.
1: I was telling somebody today, I was like, Taz is, does not want people to know who she is. You cannot know her real name. I really be having to check myself. Like sometimes when I post funny screenshots of our conversations, because I know your real name and your name has been saved in my phone since forever. So I have to be like, make sure I block out the name. Is it saved as that I in your phone? I will not know it. Yeah, it's still saved. Remember when emojis first came out? So your name is still saved in my phone with a shit ton of emojis behind it. Like way too many emojis. I don't know why I thought it still said Tazzy though. Nope. It, had, it says your real name. First and last. I got your whole government in there.
0: Uh, that's that. I just met you. <laughs> and I got to know you're not through some emojis in the end. A, a shit ton of emojis. I don't have your middle name because I always get yours and Kiana's confused. It's okay. I like to keep my middle name on a shh. Niggas find out your middle name and all of a sudden they think they your mama trying to call you by your full government. And I'd be like, you know what? I learned very young. People would be like, what's your middle name? Don't worry about it. It's in and that's all. Like June B. Jones. Um, this one says, I listened to a ton of crew crime, and it really feels good to hear it from the mouth of some women I can relate to as a sister myself. Keep up the great work, ladies. Good job, Mariah. Good job, Tazzy. All right, y'all. That is the end of our show. We ain't got nothing else for y'all. If you want to leave us your, I didn't do it, but I did, you can uh, go on over to Anchor and leave a voice memo. They only give you a minute. If you're just a tad long-winded, don't send us like some five-minute tape, but if you're just a tad long-winded, you can email to me at sisterswhokillpodcasts at gmail.com.
1: That's right. You can also email us about ad spaces, or if you just want to say hi, that's Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's sisterswhokill. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Sister Pod. On TikTok, it's Sister Podcast, and you can join the discussion group. Just make sure you answer all the questions, and that's all I got. Anything else, friend?
0: Talk to us, we talk back. Bye. I can never stop saying that.